This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Well, if you're inside, in and out, it's it's okay. I'm a horticulturist fellow rushing, and I know this time of year people thinking there's not much to do in the garden, but that's what we're going to talk about for the next hour. So here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, one of our regular weekly call-in programs today is all about gardening. So sit back and relax. I've got a, a few things to share with you, but this is your chance, the last chance of the year to, to talk live for the horticulturists who won't try to sell you anything about what's going on or not in your garden. Java, can you hear that crunchy sound in the background there? Yeah, I was kind of wondering what you sent me this morning. <laughs> um, that's not a familiar, a, a familiar sound, I'm, uh, you know, regularly here. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, this is the sound of walking in the snow. Everybody's moaning about how cold it's going to get this weekend. And next week, right before Christmas, it's going to get really cold in Mississippi. But uh, I'm living it. You know, when I got off the, the radio last week, went outside, it started to snow. I'm in northern England. It started snowing last Friday night, and it's still going to be snowing tomorrow morning. So I've been walking around to the pie shop and the pub and, and the stores and all that with that sound in my ears, crunchy, squeaky sound. You know, it's not just crunchy ice like we have, but when you walk on real snow, it has a kind of a squeaky sound, too. It's kind of, kind of interesting. But uh, anyway, so folks who are worried about this weekend, it's going to get cold. But uh, if you plan right and you've got good plants and your garden's in good shape, It'll do just fine. In Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, we can have beautiful gardens no matter how cold it might get to us. So anyway, how are you feeling this week, Java? You were kind of down and out last week. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I want to send a, 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 a PSA out for everyone to make sure they're taking care of themselves during this uh, cold and flu season. It is really happening, and I was a victim of it uh, again last week. So Liz Gill uh, filled in for me, and um, I heard you had a good time on the radio, but I, 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 did, I did miss kicking it with you. I, I know you were listening because you meant you sent me a text afterwards talking about me making a guy snort. Yeah, that was the, uh, <laughs> it was about the peppers. Yeah, I was talking about the peppers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, whatever it takes to talk about warm or hot stuff right now. But uh, anyway, it's it's going to be cold. You know, it's finally that time of year for Mississippi. But we have lots of stuff going on in the garden. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the, uh, an administrator for a Facebook page called Mississippi Gardening. And I've been getting a lot of people sending pictures of their of their beautiful poinsettias or their Christmas cactus or Thanksgiving cactus still blooming. Uh, and, and also the early paper white narcissus. A lot of people call them uh, jonquils or daffodils, whatever you want to call them, narcissus tazetta, which is the, the type of daffodil that's got multiple flowers per stem, really, really fragrant, are early bloomers, and they're real fragrant. Some people think some of them smell like cat pee because they're real fragrant, but they're starting to pop up right now. And I'd, I'd like people to appreciate and enjoy and plant it because this is a plant that only we Southerners can grow well. They bloom early. Uh, they, you know, they don't need any real cold to, to bloom, but they won't grow up north. You know, a lot of different kinds of daffodils, but but jonquils that have a little quill-like, little weedy-looking skinny leaf, 
and the Paperwhites, the Tazettas, they are really Southern gems. And uh, they sort of usher in uh, a, a winter season when you can have beautiful color through the worst winter. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next hour, and just, just gardening. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Java, I'd like to bring it on back to, to Mississippi here and, uh, and mention that um, even though it's going to get cold, we have a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, I've been seeing people uh, have, have um, what they call stinkhorn fungus. Uh, Java, we talked about this before. I don't even remember what a stinkhorn is. That's what I was about to say, stinkhorn fungus. That sounds kind of... I don't know. It's kind, yeah. of, kind of funky. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, fungus are natural. They they break down bark and dead stuff. You know, they they're 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 beneficial. They keep us from being up to our neck and leaves and bark and stuff. But there's there's a, a particular group, and when they're happy and the weather is just right, you know, just right moisture, kind of cool at night, warm of the day, they send up their version of a mushroom, but it doesn't look like a traditional toadstool mushroom. They're nasty looking. They're, they're, they're shaped like a slimy index finger or sometimes like a little basket, but they smell bad. I, I, I can't begin to describe how bad they are, but they're called stinkhorns, and they've been popping up all over our part of the south just because the weather's right. Freaking some people out, not a big deal. If you don't like them, kick them over and admire them because they're kind of cool and and it's just basically a beneficial fungus to saying, hey, this is great. Life is good. Here's my flower. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Felder, we're getting our uh, calls queued up for Charles Arnold, our intern. He's doing, a, you know, another fabulous job on this Friday answering our phone calls. But, Felder, I have a question about it getting cold. You know, it's getting so cold and people want to pull in their plants or cover their plants what what's the the, the advice? Because you go into some people's houses, um, it's a jungle because they've brought everything inside. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got you know, I live in a small cabin behind my main house because I'm gone so much. I, I rent my house out, but I live in this little cabin out back, and uh, and I've got a sunroom I built that is like a jungle because I have a lot of my favorite plants that don't need a lot of care. You know, they're mostly succulents and cacti and things like that. They don't need a lot of water, but they'll freeze if you leave them out. So, uh, you know, if it's a tender plant, if you know it'll freeze, bring it in. If you're not sure, um, I don't know what to say. You know, most of my garden, Java, and you've seen my yard, is full of a lot of stuff. I don't cover anything up. I just don't, you know, there are so many plants that can, that actually need cold weather. Uh, you know, the daffodils and, and, and uh, the collars and kales and things like that, camellias, they like cold weather. Uh, and if they don't get it, they won't grow right. So anyway, most of the people who've got potted plants, they've brought them in at least once by now. And they've already swept the lizards back out. and They're sweeping up the leaves. But, you know, this is the weekend. And certainly before this time next week, you're going to need to bring some stuff in. But for the most part, if your plants are moist, you know, if you, get, if, if you water plants right before a hard tree, outdoor plants, uh, a watered plant won't freeze as much as a plant is dry. So just give them a good soaking, maybe put some mulch around some of your tender plants, and they'll be fine. A lot of people freak out over stuff they really don't need to. By the, by the way, I got a, an interesting quote from a, a lady named Don, Donna Perkins. Uh, she's a, a member of the Mississippi Garden Facebook uh, she's from up in South Haven. She used to be the landscape supervisor at Old Waverly Golf Club out from West Point. Uh, but she talked. She said something cool about fungi. She said these surprise growths in the woods of the flower beds are the real elves of our world. They slip in quick and quiet. They eat organic matter, transform stuff, and then they disappear. I think that's really, really cool. 
So anyway, first I've got to tell you something I heard about a, a terrible accident that happened on the interstate freeway in California. An avocado truck fell over and spilled avocados everywhere. I don't know if you read about that, but luckily the California Highway Patrol is on the scene. And you know what they're called? Chips. Okay, I should have had my rim shot ready. <laughs> yeah, avocado, but chips Chips was there. Again, horticulture fell to rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm broadcasting live from the snowy moors of Lancashire, northern England, but my heart's in my garden Mississippi, wondering how Granny's chicken is going to make it through all this cold weather. Oh, man. You got a favorite uh, Christmas movie? Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Christmas movies. I like uh uh well actually my favorite Christmas movie is Scrooged. Um, but the one with uh with Bill Murray, that um oh, yeah. yeah that I think it came out maybe in the late eighties, early nineties or something like that. But I love that movie. It's it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a whole lot of you know there's a whole lot of really good takes on that. And by the way, we we have several major holidays for different groups this this uh this season, including the the winter solstice is going to be coming up. You know, just just uh, in a, a week or so, the winter solstice, which is which I've actually been to the real Stonehenge and watched the sun come up at the real sun, and you know that that was reason it was built. So there's a lot of different ways to celebrate this this uh, changing of the season, and I hope everybody stays nice and you know playing safe out there. But uh, anyway, I know a lot of folks have, have brought their plants in and they started dropping leaves. Or maybe they just bought a poinsettia and the leaves are starting to drop. And this is kind of natural. Leaves that are formed on tropical plants, potted plants, uh, once they form, they get used to those conditions, that light, that temperature, that humidity. And when there's a sudden change, for example, with with Christmas um, plants or poinsettias or even outdoor plants brought in, those outdoor greenhouse-type leaves aren't efficient. The plant sheds them. So the trick is try to keep the plants warm, Put them in a bright place if you can. And most important, try to keep the draft off of it. Heater drafts dry leaves out much more quickly, leaves that are used to humidity. So try to keep them out of a draft or cluster your plants together so they have a shared little mini jungle. Uh, and then also give the plants a little bit of fertilizer, just a little bit, and some water to help them put on new growth that will be adapted to the new conditions. And what I do with some of my bigger plants, the weeping fig, the hibiscus, things like that, when I bring them in, I just cut them back. You know, cutting them back just, just first of all, it means I don't have to rake up all those leaves because I've already gotten rid of them. But it stimulates quickly. It quickly stimulates strong, healthy new growth that will be perfectly adaptive for indoors. So anyway, don't, don't worry if the leaves are turning yellow. The older, lower leaves are falling off. That's normal when you, when you change conditions on the plants. So, you know, uh, Java, you, you know, the thing about the, the Grinch is something funny. And I, I don't want to dwell on England. Just because I'm over here doesn't mean that I'm all English and stuff like that. But something really weird that happened in a village not far from me is this man had an argument with his neighbors, right, because their, their hedges are too close to his drive. Anyway, he moved, moved to a whole different village. But he came back, and he cut them down with a chainsaw. He cut his neighbor's shrubs down with a chainsaw. <laughs> And this it, it, is bad enough that he's been banned from coming back to his old village for 15 years. It's going to be 2038 before he's allowed to visit anybody back in his, his whole village. So weird stuff, huh? Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, for you for you to move and then 
just drastic measures, man. Drastic measures. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not like they didn't catch him on their on their 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 you know, the the camera phone. I mean, their uh the security phones. So, anyway, uh, I, and by the way, I'm starting to get a lot of invitations to give uh, uh talk, le- lectures and demonstrations and things uh, this coming spring at libraries, garden clubs. Uh, just yesterday, uh, managed to uh, schedule the annual free home fruit seminar. We have every year at Hutto. There's usually 70, 80, 100 or more people at this free seminar. It's not till February, so we got plenty of time. Just want to let folks know that this is a good time to start scheduling garden talks at libraries, uh, uh, church groups, things like that. I, I do a whole lot of them, and it's always a lot of fun to get out and rub shoulders with the real gardeners. So uh, anyway, just want to throw that out. And, now, Felder, uh, I wish we had um, kind of prizes to give away because we have our first caller of the uh, <laughs> of the uh, of the morning, and it's uh, Madeline in uh, Tupelo, Tupelo. If you're ready to take the calls, I am. Hey, Madeline, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. You got your, your plants ready for some cold weather? Well, I tend to not keep the plants that um, have to go inside too much. We like to <laughs> let them all live outside, and the ones that are inside are always inside. But and you know, there's plenty have, of stuff. I'm, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, there's plenty of stuff that blooms in December, January uh, outdoors. You know, the camellias and the paper whites and, and uh, the the uh, flowering quince. You can have a beautiful winter garden without having to worry about bringing stuff in. Anyway, what you got this yeah, morning? Um, well, I was going to ask. I noticed that we had a couple of mushrooms pop up in one of our front flower beds that has a lot of perennials that have died off for now. But one of the amongst them, there is a red one, bright red, and it's a couple inches tall, maybe four or five, and it's starting to crick over, and it does. It looks not nice at all. And so I didn't know if the one you were talking about before, was it white or red, or is this something different? Well, the, 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 what we call stinkhorns is actually a whole group of mushrooms that do that, and they look like nasty fingers, and they're wet, and they're slick, uh-huh. and they're just terrible looking, and they smell bad. But collectively, they're just called stinkhorns, and some are shaped like little little round lattices, uh, but they all smell really bad, uh, a whole lot of really pretty ones. Matter of fact, if you go online and just, just look up stinkhorn mushroom photos, it's amazing the beauty of these things, but they look pretty bizarre one at a time. And, and they're not a problem. They, you know, it's a fungus that breaks down old mulch and bark and dead roots and stuff. It's it's not a harmful plant problem. Is what I'm saying. It's, and there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So, uh, I would just admire it if you can. Okay. So, so even though it's it's red, the color red, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's, okay. uh, there's there's dozens and dozens of different kinds, and some are really really attractive, and some are just bizarre looking. They can be golden orange, but there's, there's all sorts of different kind of what we call instead of toadstools or puffballs, these are called stinkhorns, and they're nasty looking. But but they can be pretty. Well, it just looks kind of random, and it just growing out in the middle by itself. But uh, I was going to quick comment say we've got several camellias, and they are just stunning and beautiful, and we've actually had. Someone comment yesterday saying they couldn't believe we had something blooming that big. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's just a, you know it's astounding to me. I was raised you know by by, by older gardeners. My great grandmother's a horticulturist. My grandmother's garden club lady, and I've I've been raised 
from childhood in the gardens that had stuff to look at every week of the year. So I'm just astounded that people are moaning about not having any color. Ride around town and look at what's in other people. Look at your camellias. And, that, you know, your neighbors should have those too. And if everybody had these, you wouldn't think that, that wintertime isn't colorful. But anyway, I appreciate you calling. And uh, just ignore those stinkhorns. They're, they're bizarre looking, but they're happy little fungus. Well, good deal. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate your call. And uh, Java, can I share a really weird email I got this past week? Yes, sir. Okay, this is from Bob Amenta, Bob and Bridget Amenta. They're from Mobile, right? Here's what he said. I'm reading it directly. He said, we've learned more from your radio program in, than 70 years of gardening experience. And that's a compliment. I, I, I appreciate that. But here's what he said. He said, I made a tribute to your garden truck. I got a 2006 Chevy. I bought it after we lost everything in Katrina but our lives. Since I still work and use it every day, I can't use a bit of it as a garden tribute. However, my grandpa taught me only wash your truck once a year. The paint will last long as the truck, and he was right. Although I only wash my truck once a year, I never wash the tailgate. So, you still with me, Job, on this? It's about to get good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow. <laughs> okay. He says, so 12 years ago, I used your recipe of buttermilk blended with moss to culture the dirt on the back of my pickup truck tailgate. Over the years, I've had a sizable buildup of dust and dirt on the tailgate, and when I painted the entire tailgate with your super blend, the bottom half started to grow moss, which I sculpted into a forest. Once it was established, I've only fed it once a year so the growth doesn't peel off when it's dry. This guy sent me a picture of a tailgate of a truck with a little carved two-dimensional forest scene of moss He's growing on the dirt in the back of his old tailgate truck. Thank oh, you. wow. I can I, I I need you to send me that picture, but I can visualize it already. Like, that is wild, man. That is wild. And, you know, people say, I can't garden. I don't have a place to garden. I'm thinking, shut up. I know a guy in Mobile that grows a moss garden on the back of his pickup truck. Man, that is that is wild. Felder, your your uh your reach just continues to grow, man. Uh, is that a pun? Uh, <laughs> it should have been. It should have been. And Java, because of the holidays, we're, we're going to do uh, uh, what I call a repurpose. What do we call encore performance the next two weeks, right? Yeah, we're gonna, actually going to be off. Um, you know, uh, Christmas, December twenty fifth is on a Sunday, which um, allows us to, you know, kind of have that weekend off for, starting at Friday. Um, yeah. And then the next weekend is actually going to come up with uh, New Year's Eve, and um, so we're going to have that Friday off. So yeah, people are gonna they're going to get some repeat broadcasts, also along with some special broadcasts that we have, you know, uh, during the holidays here on MPB Think Radio. So we're going to be gone oh, yeah. for we're going to be gone for just a little while, just for a little while. But uh, I know, you know, even I only come in for an hour a week. I, I notice y'all don't sit around just waiting for programs. Y'all plan ahead. So you've got some special, uh, not only on the radio, but also on, on MPB on the television side. Yeah, always special. Yeah, special programming for the holidays. You know, you have to think about it. this is a, a once a year, um, you know, activity. A lot of times, family is coming in, uh, friends are coming in, and you know, yeah. we we try to provide them with a a little bit different, you know, than the normal, um, just to you know have a have a good time during the holidays. Yeah. 
Well, but I guess sort of lead up to this. This is the last chance for folks to call in live and talk about their gardens. If you, you know, I mean, you can call your county extension office, but they're closed over the holidays too. <laughs> so uh, it's it's just a good opportunity to call up and, and share some some things that are going on in your garden, things that make you happy. Uh, maybe you've got some concerns, maybe not. But uh, I've got a long list of stuff people could be doing right now if you want to. Uh, and there's some things that you really ought to be doing right now, but you don't have to. Uh, it is live uh, this right before cold weather in the middle of December 2022. Hey, let's slide down to Hattiesburg, see what Sasha is up to. Good morning, lady. How are you? Hi. This is Martha in, in Hattiesburg. Oh, Martha. Martha, sorry. I, I missed re- I got my bifocals on. What's up? Um, I have a beautiful, large sasanko bush that just puts on a wonderful show every year. I'd like to plant some more sasanko bushes. What time of year would be good to do that? My second question is, you said add a little fertilizer to my plants right now. Exactly what kind of fertilizer? Well, those are good questions. First of all, a lot of people, you know, may not, uh, other listeners may not know that sasanko is a type of camellia that blooms in the fall and early winter. And then the japonica start right about now bloom into springtime. So the sasanquas and also the chinensis, the sinensis, which is the, the, the tea camellia, they bloom in the fall. But to answer your question, you can plant a container-grown shrub anytime you can dig a wide hole. But the ideal time is going to be this time of year, fall and early winter, if you can dig a good hole and put the plants out there in a nice wide hole and loosen the roots, which is really important, loosen the roots of a potted plant, you can set them out, and they'll be pretty well established before next summer so you won't have to water as much. So this is an ideal time. Plus, if you go to the garden center right now, you can see for sure what it is you're getting, whether it's the, the bloom that you like or not. So this would be a great time. If not, if not okay. to get it, if not to plant it, at least get it and enjoy it in your garden, and then you can plant it when you ever get around to it. Okay, very good. Now, as far as yeah. fertilizing, in, in general, we want to fertilize plants. Fertile plants want to be fertilized at the beginning of their growing season. And about the only things that are actually growing in the wintertime are wildflowers, uh, uh, spring bulbs, things that are beginning their growth now that die down. So for most shrubs, including those that bloom in the fall, they grow in the spring and summer and fall. So let's, let's fertilize in the late winter or spring. And, and any kind of all-purpose fertilizer will do. It's sort of like ketchup. Some runs faster than others to still all ketchup. Look for one where the numbers are about the same. Or for flowering shrubs, maybe a little bit higher middle number. But other than that, the fertilizers are pretty close to the same. Sometimes in the late winter, spring, fertilizer, the numbers pretty close to each other. And that's pretty much it. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, do you have time for another question? Sure. Okay, I have a Japanese persimmon tree that makes beautiful uh, salmon-colored and orange leaves, but it does not bloom. Now, it's pretty much in the shade under a bunch of pines. Um, uh-huh. Is that the problem that it just never makes fruit? I, I, I think it is. There are some of the Japanese persimmons, which, by the way, are one of my all-time favorite ornamental fruits for the landscape. They look great. But some of them, and they do need sun to produce a lot of fruit, but some of them are self-fertile. They'll fertilize themselves. Some will flower, but they don't get, but they won't make fruit. So do yours not fly, and the flowers aren't real showy to begin with, but yours may be one that needs cross-pollination from another nearby variety. Okay, uh, that's I just, wondered that's about just, that. 
Yeah, because I yes. do not have another one. There's not another one very near. I don't see any uh-huh. flowers. Okay. Well, they, you know, I would, I would think that's just because of the shade then, because even the ones that need po- cross pollination have flowers. They're, just, they're not real showy, okay. but, but they're out there. Okay. So I would think well, it's probably just not, not getting enough sunshine. Okay. Well, but, but it's still beautiful, and I enjoy the leaves enough that, you know, it's okay. The, Thanks very much. Paul, you bet. Appreciate your call. Uh, she's talking about the Oriental or Japanese type persimmons, severely, uh, terribly overlooked as landscape plants. I was raised with one that my great grandmother planted that was probably 55 or so years old before Katrina blew it down up in the Delta. Beautiful, beautiful landscape plants. Uh, hey, let's slide up to Oxford though and see what Jesse is up to. Hi, Jesse. Uh, yes, I, I've talked to you before about uh, uh, fall gardens and I planted a bunch of cabbage. Uh, one of my biggest problems is uh, half my garden has super big, about three, four foot wide cabbage, and in other half yeah. of the garden, they're not even two foot wide. But hardly, I've only had about five or six of my heads of cabbage actually started forming a head uh, right now. And in other one of them, they still got the center leaves all open. Is there something I'm doing wrong, or is there not getting enough nutrients, or something like that? And, and we're talking about right now, this week, though, right? Yes, yes, sir. Okay, here, here, here's the deal. Cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower, people plant them all the time, but the people who do it for a living, the ones who want dependable heads to, to harvest, plant back in, in, in September, uh, late August, September. Even though it's hot and the plants are small, those plants have time to grow and mature and then make their, their heads before it gets too cold. If you, this time of year, if you have a little cold snap, or if they get hot and dry, anything that stops the plants from actively growing, they don't ever seem to kind of pick back up. So it could have been that yours stayed a little bit too dry, or maybe they got a little too cold, or perhaps they were big, kind of a woody plant when you set them out. But if anything interrupts their growth, they don't make that center head that we look for. And it, some varieties are worse than others, you know, different varieties of cabbage and and, uh, 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 and broccoli. But I would I'd think that if they haven't produced by now, about all you can do is maybe give them a little shot of fertilizer and hope they don't freeze next week. You know, they like cool weather. They don't like hard, hard freezes. So, uh, you know, next time, sometime in late February or March, plant you some more. And then next late August or very early September, plant some that'll, that you can harvest way before now. And uh, that's, that's the only way to depend on it. You, you sound like you might have just planted outside the, 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 the recommended date. And it's a camel. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, other than getting little plants when you set them out, not the, not the biggest, prettiest, woodiest ones, you, but the little tender ones, set them out and keep them going. Gently push them with water, a little fertilizer. Keep them growing steadily. They'll never miss a beat. They'll make beautiful heads. So it sounds like they just had interrupted growth. Okay, thank you. We did have a couple of spells out here of real dry weather uh, in uh, late August and all that. Everything was real dry and everything, and yeah. it, I struggled yeah. to keep my garden watered and all. Well, it, it helps. You know, one of the things, is, do you have a very big garden? About 50 foot by 50 foot. Ooh, that's a huge garden. Have, do you ever plant cover crops like clover or anything like that? I only do that for the deer. Yeah, well, in your garden, what I what I did, uh, gosh, a month or so ago, is I put crimson clover. The areas I'm not going to plant till spring, uh, and I've just got a few little raised beds. 
if you plant some crimson clover out there, they grow over the wintertime. You till them in, it really improves the soil, and you get a lot better growth on, on, on things like cabbage and things. But the main thing is get small plant, mulch them to kind of keep the ground from getting overheated and, and, and uh, you know too hot and too dry. That'll help a little bit. But if they stop growing because it's hot or dry or a little bit of a freeze, that particular group of plant just has a hard time picking back up. Okay. So. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Jesse. Good luck on it, man. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Java, I've got a little publication, and I tell people about this all the time. I put together, you know, I've written a whole bunch of books. I'm a retired college professor, blah, blah, blah. But I put together some little, what I call little ditties. They're two or three or four pages long. Uh, publicated. They could be printed out, but they're online. They're PDFs. What you call oh, them, little oh. ditties? Yeah, little ditties. You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, just little, little. I, I, that, that's uh, I, maybe that's what when I was in Navy band, we played these little, little songs. They call them little ditties. Okay. All right. But, uh, I like it. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, anyway, I, I've got one on, on really good native plants that that look good in the landscape. And it's got pictures and everything. Uh, good list. A little bit of how to. I got one on the the most dependable kind of roses from Mississippi that grow really well without a bunch of care, hardy bulbs, you know, you can put out once and you've got them for the rest of your life. But I have one, it's a little PDF and people email me and I send it right back to them. It's called uh, Winter Plants for Mississippi Gardens. It's got pictures of uh, a little bit of how-to and lists of the trees, the shrubs, the bulbs, the flowers, the classic evergreen shrubs, things that have good foliage, uh, you know, these kind of plants that look at their best in the wintertime. And I've got pictures of these, and it's a free publication. If anybody wants to send it to me, just shoot me an email. Go to my to, to fellowrushing.blog, and it's got a little thing that says email me, fellowrushing.blog, nothing else, no .net, no .com, blog. Email me, and I've got this little thing on plants that are at their peak in the wintertime. And all you have to do is have one or two of these shrubs, two of these perennials, you know, a couple of these, and a little hard feature like a bench or an urn or something. And you've got a scene that looks as good in the dead of winter. Matter of fact, it looks better when it's got a little snow on it. So this is the kind of thing where I try to, to take what I've learned over the past 40, 50 years of, of being a, a garden horticulturist, and what do other people do that works really, really well in our part of the world? How can we put those together in a way that helps other people? So it's a free thing. blog. click on email me, winter garden plants. I'll send it right back. And then you can take this with a little pictures and all, and go around and see these things in your neighborhood, but they're just scattered here and there. You pull them together into one little corner of your garden, and they'll be at its peak in the dead of winter. So no sense in waiting until springtime. We can have beautiful gardens literally all year long in the Deep South. And that's what we're doing here on MPB is taking practical advice from local folks to help out local folks' quality of life. Am I laying it on too thick there, Java? No, Felder, and I can't wait to show <laughs> this uh, this picture with the gnome and the snow and the flowers <laughs> because it's exactly what you said. It sets a scene, and when the snow hits it, I mean, hey, it's a, it's it's a sentimental mood then. <laughs> yeah, I, I carry a little small gnome in my pocket. If I see a good picture, I set him out there and take a picture of him. This is a picture of him by a hardy winter sedum that, that has really pretty red foliage, but my little gnome and his red cap. 
and the red sedum covered with snow that says it all. Okie dokie, folks. Horticulture is fell to rushing. And uh, by the way, if you if you if you feel lonesome in your gardening, because gardening is not a group activity. It is a lonesome. It, we 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 all even people in the same family we garden differently. If you want to be part of a community that loves to share what we know, here's some pictures. Here's what's going on in my garden. Here's a problem I've got. What can we do about it? Sort of a crowdsourcing type of thing. Uh, Check out the Facebook page called Mississippi Gardening. We don't sell anything, and we don't let weirdos on the side. It's just gardeners from our part of the country. And uh, every day people post things, questions, solutions, weird things they've learned, pictures of what's happened in their garden, and other people uh, write in and, and ask them for details. So Mississippi Gardening, Facebook. Uh, I've got a couple of other things I'd like to share. And, uh, Java, while I'm going to this next call, I just sent you – that little PDF that thing I do on, on the winter gardening, email it to you. Check it out. Well, I talked with Michael down in Hattiesburg. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, I've got a Thanks. question about mushrooms Okay. in the, in the lawn. Uh, I've got, you know, you've got the regular, what I call the umbrella type, but I've got this one. It's a, a light orange. It comes up with a dome and has three legs, and then it has deep down what I call a yolk sack. It's white on the outside with clear liquid, and it is the foulest smelling thing I've ever had to dig up. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any idea what it is? I, I do. Uh, there's a whole group of fungi uh, that have really smelly, what we call fruiting bodies, mushrooms, toadstools, puffballs. They're, they're, they're a fung fungal version of a flower. They're called fruiting bodies. Anyway, those that have a really foul one are collectively called stink horns. A lot of them are shaped like your index finger, but there's one that looks like a lattice, like an upside-down lattice basket, and there's all sorts of in-between. That bulbous-looking thing is sort of its version of the stem of a mushroom. Uh, you know, you can pick it up and throw it away if you want to, but the fungus looks like little white webby stuff. It's out, and it's a beneficial thing. It's, 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 it's eating old dead grass roots and Maybe there's a tree root or, or some – anyway, it decays organic matter. It's beneficial, but what you've got is a, a lattice stink horn. Google it. You'll be amazed at the different shapes and colors and, and all that, but that's all it. Smells bad, not a bad thing, nothing you can do about it, so enjoy it be as best you can. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas all to right. you. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, Java, did you get that little PDF I just sent? Yeah, I'm gonna get a chance to check it out, but uh, we got Bob in Gulfport on the line who wants to jump in before we uh, wrap up the show. Okay, hey Bob, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good, Felder. I I'm the the uh, the party that sent you that uh, email about my tailgate. Okay, are you in Gulfport or Mobile? No, Gulfport. <laughs> okay, I don't know where I got Mobile from. So so did I describe it accurately? You did. You did. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have even thought about anything like that except that um, that you had been growing that uh, uh, vegetables and, and plants in the back of your truck. I thought, you know, I can't do that, but i got to be able to do something because, like you said, <laughs> anybody can grow anything. So, and so I, I thought on that idea. I thought, huh, you know, that might work. And it did. Well, 
Well, the the picture you sent, it was pretty good, but uh, it, it, you said it was dry when you took the picture. When it greens up, send me a closer picture of it because I just got to share that. I just got to share it. It's too cool. It's too. And on the, on one hand, it's funny, but it's not really funny. It's humorous. It's lighthearted. We're having some fun here. I mean, come on. Well, that's, it's either that or that's what I thought about. Wash, yeah, wash your truck or or have fun with it. One or the other. Well, uh, you know, uh, my truck looks brand new after. 18 years or 17 years, uh, but I still get people that drive up behind me, and I see them with their cell phones. They're taking pictures of the tailgate. <laughs> you, 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 I, I'm not sure. When you said your grandfather said only never wash it, I don't think he quite meant this, but it works. That recipe with the um, the buttermilk? Yeah, I try. I tried that on several occasions, and it didn't. It didn't work right away. You know what? You know what did it? I bought a, a half gallon of uh, buttermilk and let it sit in the refrigerator uh, while I was waiting for the time to be right to to you know to fertilize. Yeah. And if you wait for it, leave it in the refrigerator for a couple of months. When you use it, that <laughs> culture is very active. <laughs> and it went mm-hmm. right away. And that's what they make clothespins for to put on your nose. I mean, buttermilk smells bad to me anyway, but that's got to be vile. Good thing they. Well, good thing you, your truck's not old enough to have one of those back rear windows you can open, does it? No, no, no. Well, that, that'd be a good thing because it would be wafting back in on you. Anyway, well, it dissipates pretty quickly after you you know wash it, but I only do that once a year, and and it's coming up here in January, so. As soon as I paint it up and get it, the growth back on it, I'll I'll send you a picture. Send me a picture, man. It's too cool, too cool. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, and thanks for the compliment. Me and Java just we're just trying to have some fun here, and you and you help a lot. Well, as good as 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 good as you are at this, you, you know, as good as I thought I was at this, I learned something every single week. Well, it's, it's time for you to share. Okay, you talked about this recipe. At the end of the program, tell folks what the recipe is for growing moss. Oh, the recipe for growing moss? I take some of that, um, you know, the green, real dark green moss that grows underneath trees sometimes without a lot of lime in the soil. And I right. take that real fine green moss, and I, I used to use a blender, but my blender um, didn't like the dirt too much, so it it, um, it it no longer blends. So I just chop it up, and 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 just as fine as I can get it, mix it with the buttermilk, and really beat that thing like I'm making uh, biscuits, and and that'll work, and it works. And I paint, paint it on it rocks stuff. too. And I I paint it on all kinds of stuff in the garden. All righty, man. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, guy. Appreciate you calling. Looking forward to that picture. Okay, fellas. Enjoy. Thank you so much. See you later. See, Java. It is real folks out there. Let's go down the, while we're on the coast of the Iberville. Hey, Jerry, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. And you? Good, 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 good. So far, so good. What's up? My wife and I have a dispute. I bought some oh, grapevines, and uh, she's kind of convinced me that I needed to leave them in the pot and plant them on top of the ground and just cut the bottom of the pot out and that they would do just fine. Well, they didn't do they didn't do just fine, and they produced berries, but the berries never got ripe. And I yeah. told her it's because I didn't plant the plant in the ground where it should be. 
you know, I need to know what's your take is on that. Well, my, my, have you got really bad, heavy, poorly drained, wet dirt, or you got pretty good dirt to begin with? Well, it's a it's a low area. Uh, yeah. It stays damp well, pretty damp. if this if if an area that stays damp or is heavy or or you know if any time that stays wet for for a long time, it is good to plant it on top of the ground. But but the the thing is, you don't want to just put it on top of the ground and cut the plant. You want to pile dirt up to it like a low wide baseball pitcher's mound. See, so that combination of planting it high enough to where it doesn't stay wet in the winter, but you have to also slope some some dirt up to the roots. Because what's happening, you well, just have a few little roots on top of the ground, and then some roots below that, or and that wet stuff. So, some, you know, planting a low wide mound in a heavy or wet area is a good idea. So somewhere in between, she had the right idea for drainage, uh, but the plant was sitting up there high and dry out of the dirt. It's just under stress. Right, right. But the berries, it put berries on, but the berries never got ripe. I don't don't know what that, that I mean that could just be because of weather. You know, is this a, a grapevine or a muscadine? Muscadine. Yeah, uh, that that might just be because of the weather. We had a really really wet spring and then weird summer, and that affected a lot of different kind of fruits. So it could just be you know the weather this year. I mean, so but weather you know the, planting up on top of the ground that would affect the whole vine, not just the the crops. So I'm suspecting it's still staying a little bit too wet in the winter in in the, the springtime, and that's caused to be weak and it can't uh, mature the berries. So sounds like you're taking up for her. <laughs> nope, nope, but. nope. What I'm gonna say is I, I would I would have put it on top of the ground, but I piled dirt up to it in a low wide mound. You know, planting it on top of the ground is not a good idea, but planting it in low wet areas is a bad idea. So she had the right idea of planting it up high because of the drainage, but we needed to have brought some dirt up to it, like a like, again, like a baseball pitcher mound. And so somewhere in between the two, both of y'all are sort of right. How about that? <laughs> Best I can do, man. Well, I, I know. I'm going to plant some more vines. Well, and if, I'm it, if plant it's in the, them in the ground and see what the results are. Okay, if it's in a low wet area, they're going to rot. So if it's an area that stays wet part of the year, work up the dirt, make a little baseball pitcher mound, maybe three, four feet across and four or five inches deep uh, high in the middle, and plant raised up with dirt sloped up to it over three or four feet. That's ideal. That's what the vine wants. So anyway, good, good luck on it, man. Appreciate your call. Java. Yes, sir, Felder. It's, it's always tricky when it comes to the um, the the marital um, gardening advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of gardening expertise is not horticulture. Some of it's horticulture. Some of it is sociological. How can I get away with weeds in my yard? Some of it's psychological. How can I do this? Even though it, it, you know, the psychology and sociology as well as horticulture involved, and I have to I have to split that all those ways. And by the way, uh, one of the tips I would give people the next couple of weeks after this cold spell, when it warms up, if you like winter wildflowers, do nothing. But if you like to have a perfectly maintained lawn, sometime in late December, early January, when the weeds are small, is the time to spray for them. Anything that will kill dandelions or, or clover will kill most of the quote unquote weeds in the lawn. If you like to have a flower lawn and meadow lawn you don't have to do anything but if you want to if you have trouble with stickers and clover and henbed and all and dandelions 
in the spring, the time to treat for them is late December or January on a nice warm day. While they're young and they're small, they're easy to control. So uh, don't, don't want to hear from you in March or April when it's too late to spread. If you want to control them, late this month or first part of next month. And the reason I'm saying that now is because we ain't going to be here for another couple of weeks. we got a Christmas holidays and New Year's, and me and Java are going to be whooping it up in our, in our different ways. I hope you all have a good holidays. I hope you stay safe. There's a lot of crazy folks out there. A lot of weird stuff on the news, you know. Get you a potted plant. Start you some paper whites and some water. Do something gardening that's positive and hopeful and share it with your neighbors. Uh, we bring hope to the world. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center. Let them pick out a poinsettia or, or some daffodil bulbs or something. Show them how to, re- you know, start, start them out like when you start our new year, doing something that's positive. But most important, keep in mind, it's really good for all of us as human beings to learn and to share how to get dirty. Java, happy holidays. We'll see y'all after the first of the year. Y'all get a chance to go to blog. Click email me and I'll send you this thing on winter gardening plants. And uh, see y'all after the first of the year. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.